This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville, Speedway, and 10th Street, next to Ben Davis High School, for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey of the Kevin Kersey Agency. The Kevin Kersey Insurance Agency, a member of the Farmers Insurance Group, can help you with your home, life, auto, or business needs. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. We can also be found on Facebook at the Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. The Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Today's program is made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. And now here's your host, Rob Kendall. Welcome into another edition of Central Indiana Today here on 98.9 WYRZ. I'm Rob Kendall. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Back for day number two. His name is Adam Austin. He is a reporter for the Carmel Current. We're going to talk about some specific issues facing Carmel right now. Yesterday, we sort of did a broad overview of where Carmel's at, how they got there, some of the political players. By the way, you can Go back and listen to a podcast of that episode anytime you want on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana Today. Adam, back with us again. Adam, how's it going? It's going great. Okay, so some of the big the, the big issue, and I go by the what I read in the paper, of course, because I'm yeah. down here in Brownsburg, but um, there's a huge issue going on, and it's been an ongoing issue, with the clerk, treasurer, and the city council. What's happening with that? Oh, this has been fascinating. It's been, from a reporter perspective, it's been great. Uh, yeah, because you <laughs> love the controversial oh, stuff yeah. because you stuff to write for days. And people don't mind talking about this one. So we had a previous clerk treasurer named Diana Cordray. Um, she was in office for 20 years. She was elected the same first year as Mayor Brainerd. And uh, in the last few you know years, there's been some conflicts between her and Brainerd. Uh, she actually 
put out a letter where she questioned Carmel's level of debt and refused to pay a few bills. Um, so they were determined to get her out of office. No, that was kind of before, you know, you, you were writing a little bit when she was there, right? No, I was, yeah, for about a year of her last year. So I was there for about a year. What so. did the public think? Because I remember reading this stuff because it was at the time we were trying to do some stuff with Tiff and Carmel. And of course, a lot of her stuff centered around that. And, and I remember saying that Brownsburg is not Carmel. You know, and they were saying, well, look, right here, right here, this this clerk treasurer is saying how evil tax and criminal finance is and, and the debt service racked up inside the TIF is. And what was the public's reaction to a clerk treasurer who essentially said, I'm going to utilize some little known power to hold essentially an entire council hostage in some capacity? She, based, she thought of the clerk treasurer's role as a check for the check and balance on the council and the mayor uh, to help kind of protect the taxpayers and i can see that side of view the other side that says it needs to be cooperative everyone needs to work together we're on the same page um so i don't think it was about her personally i think that uh and also she'd been in 20 years she was kind of up in years they were kind of they were looking to get someone so they had this uh person who ran on the mayor's slate you know his preferred candidates so they do that in carmel they slate people and he even had an ad where he said, please vote for these people. Do you like the slate idea? Because like when I ran for town council and one, I said, y'all, because there were other people that want to team up with me. I said, y'all are on your own team and I'm on mine. And if we meet back in the middle at the end, that's great. But I don't want to be hooked up to you guys. And you probably don't want to be hooked up to me. You know, I actually am not a big fan of it because I think it says you're with us or against us and you need to share all these views. Um, there could be a candidate out there who says, hey, I agree with these people sometime. I agree with these other people sometime. Um, so I don't know about this idea of a slate, but I mean, this was such a polarized election with uh, Sharp being a candidate that people thought had a lot of chance, had a good chance to win. And the issue of the debt really kind of, uh, motivated a lot of people to get out there. So there was the slate. So they got Christine Polly and she ended up winning actually by a, a pretty good margin. Um, I think she campaigned more too. She was out door to door knocking on doors she was a little bit younger and had that kind of enthusiasm the conservatives really took it on the chin this this past election in carmel right um in the municipal election yes but then during the primary with trump a lot of the kind of tea party or conservatives won a lot of precinct committeemen spots do you shake your head as a reporter at that because to say how does in how does this change so rapidly? It's a different. You have a, a larger participation in the general primaries because you have presidential and senate. Also, a lot of Democrats vote in the municipal election, but when it came, they wanted to vote between Hillary and sure. Bernie, so they didn't participate in that as much. Uh, so it is different, and uh, you know, Brainerd's also a different type of Republican. You know, he believes in climate change. He actually served on a committee about climate change for President Obama. Um, he help was really pushing for that anti-discrimination ordinance which did get passed um he said that he supports gay marriage and he you know then a lot of conservatives have issues with you know the debt um i still think you know he's a obviously a republican he's not a democrat you know he believes in low taxes he believes uh because as we talked about it, yesterday yeah. carmel is one of the dirty secret about carmel you may not like their debt but they have one of the lowest municipal tax rates in the yeah, state and that's and that's that's kind of a fact there um you know we can argue and bring in different things in there but i mean that's kind of the case so uh okay so the clerk treasurer you get a new clerk treasurer in is she doing better with the current city council at first they loved her um the city council president at the time ron carter couldn't say enough great things about christine Polly. he said it's such a breath of fresh air to have someone that i can call up and talk to about everything that's going on the cooperation is great 
They were inviting her to events, uh, ribbon cuttings. She was there at all the ribbon cuttings. Then somewhere along the line, there was uh, you know, some tension that arose. Uh, some of its personality conflicts, um, but there was a meeting where they were talking about what to do for salaries next year. And uh, they brought up one person, there was talk about how she dressed, uh, which meetings she was attending. Now, these are public meetings? Yes. These, oh, they're doing this in public? Yes, this is not this. an executive session. No, this was, yeah, this was in <laughs> okay. the budget hearings. Okay, <laughs> so, okay. Uh, and uh, they were going to give everyone double-digit raises at first. Brainerd was going to no, get... No, wait, 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 uh, Brainerd was going to get a 40% raise, uh-huh. making him the highest wanna... paid mayor in the state of Indiana. How much would that have ro- rose his uh, salary to? Like $50,000. Okay. All right. Um, uh, okay. And uh, the judge was going to get a big raise, I think like 10 20%. Now, how do they justify this to the people? Do they say we're doing such a great they job? They did a salary study, and they looked at what uh-huh. other comparable cities uh, were paying their people. Well, because, so for example, when I was in the town council in Brownsburg, I tried to cut our pay the first year in office, and I was told you can't reduce your pay back to where it was past the previous year. And then there were some people that wanted to raise pay when we were on the council, and I said, no way. We're overpaid as it is. This is ridiculous. It's a, So these guys just, they said, well, because everybody else is getting some. Well, and it was interesting that the salary study, um, they weren't comparing themselves to the rest of the state of Indiana because that would make them obviously way above. Right. Uh, they were comparing themselves to other comparable cities that they compete for with jobs like Colorado Springs, oh, okay. stuff like that. And some of the mayors were actually being compared to city managers, okay. which is not <laughs> elected, but because – you know, it is different. Some cities, the mayor doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's, a, it's a town manager, sure, a city right. manager who does all the work. In Carmel, the mayor is also the manager of the city, too. So it is a big position. Now, we, we're seeing this right now with the city of Indianapolis, yeah. with their bizarro raise they're trying to give themselves, or certain members of the council. not going to happen, it looks like. But how out of touch are these guys? I mean, you're watching this going, like, really? I mean... They didn't pass. They got a 2% cost of the increase. And this is from a slate of counselors who were... All except one, you know, endorsed by Mayor Brainerd, and then they decided against doing this. Right. Uh, and there was a few who still wanted to do it, but it didn't pass. Uh, so they got the two percent raise. The council though gave themselves a slight raise, but they were, you know, they're making like, you know, a thousand, two thousand a month. So right. they weren't. It, it was still not a bad part time job. Not a part time, but it's not a part time job. Sure. If you've, as you would know, you get calls all day, so. It was a, and they didn't give themselves the full increase that they, you know, right. uh, originally had. But here's the thing: so they were going to give everyone these double-digit raises, um, but the clerk treasurer was going to get two percent cost of living increase. Everyone else was going to get way above that. Right. So she got upset about this. <laughs> she uh, hires an attorney or or gets an attorney to help draft a letter and sends it out to the council and to the media, uh, and it kind of alleged gender discrimination because. Uh, because she's a woman, she said that they were, it was sexist, and that also that um, she she argued a couple other points too. But uh, now this really st- set off some people on the councils, particularly the council president, um, and uh, you know made a big deal in the media. She she ended up not, she got her two percent, but no one else got it, so it was fine. But so this letter, she hired an attorney to draft the letter, cost about five grand. She tried to build a city for the letter to help that could possibly oh. sue the city 
and they found that in the claims run. She kind of they was kind of they didn't announce tried, it. it was trying kinda, to tuck it in. Yeah, and um, no, no. Do you have citizens that read the claims that catch this? Or you guys have? Who's the watchdog for Carmel? The claims is huge. I yeah, mean, well, no, you it, know, it, no, no, it is. And I'm trying to imagine what a Carmel's claims. You should. I mean, the counselors should be going through, and they do, and because it is, a, is um, it on like an Excel sheet or it's attached to the uh, paperless packet for the city council agenda? And I will admit. I try to do my best as a reporter, but I don't go through every well, single item. You can't because Carmel, Carmel meets probably what twice a month. Is that yeah. right? So I'm it's trying to think huge. of what our claims were, and then you, you say br- Carmel's probably five times. I mean, you scan it for anything that kind of jumps out at you, but yeah, we do people that that catch stuff there. So this was caught, and uh, then they did refuse the claim. She still was trying to say because it was in her role as clerk treasurer that it should be paid, uh, and then uh, they were questioning whether or not they needed to report her to the you know reporting board account yeah yeah because this was unethical um so a lot of this was done in public and the city council president ron carter he was not shy about voicing his displeasure it would make great for a reporter because he gave me great quotes oh yeah but he would you know said that she was unqualified for her position um that she was disruptive and now they uh are doing an audit committee they just passed that to basically any audits will be overseen by appointed board instead of the clerk treasurer's office. Which that's sort of her job, right? I mean, the audit, the, the, yeah, the, the town yeah. fi- or city finances. They didn't, they didn't like how she was doing one of the audits because she was feuding with the mayor's um, financial advisor, Kurt Coonrod, who was his fraternity brother at Butler. <sighs> and now, now, this is very interesting to me because it shows, especially in local politics, your friend, your friends, using air quotes here, are only your friends until the next issue arises. Well, but to be fair, that even Rick Sharp said good things about Kurt Coonrod. So I mean, his, uh, I mean, he's the mayor's advisor, but I mean, no one's he he does have years and years of experience. But in terms of the clerk treasurer, she was oh, the, yeah. the she was the friend until you're not the friend. Right. Then they started getting disagreements there last night, or I know this has become air a couple of days ago. So on Monday at the city council meeting they passed an ordinance that says uh the city council can decide who sits on the dais at the meetings and i'm told they are going to remove her from the dais she will no longer sit there with the city council she will have to sit in the audience or they may give her a table off to the side they haven't decided but she will not sit on the dais and they eliminated her speaking time because they have in the agenda they have clerk treasurer you know any any comments from the clerk treasurer any comments from the mayor now there's not a normal time for her on the agenda. If she wants to speak, she has to fill out a blue card, just like a member of the public, oh. and get up, and she gets a two-minute time limit. All right. So <laughs> having gone through this, I will tell you, tell you, this is the story we're going to promote when we promote this episode because hell hath no fury like a clerk treasurer scorned. I mean, this sounds like it's something that's going to just is just beginning now, right? It keeps. Well, we got a new city council president, and she's. Uh, so we'll see if that if it's any different, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought that okay, this one thing is over. They got the salaries is done with, but it just keeps coming back. And you know, I really try to show both sides right. on this issue. Uh, I think most people who tell me they kind of just wish everybody would get along. Uh huh. But I mean, so and again, our guest is Adam Austin. He's with the uh, Carmel Current, talking about the city of Carmel today. Uh, you don't know this sort of stuff is going to ha- something like this is going to happen, right? I mean, that's not really an agenda item. Where it was the- on the agenda. Oh, so you knew that they were going to do this to her? Oh yeah. Oh, no, 
you get a little more geared up for a meeting like this? I mean, rather than when they're talking about where they're going to install a water line or, you know, something like that. I mean, this is a little more juicy, right? It's something the public can understand a little bit easier. It's kind of, you know, the debt is important, but it it goes over people's heads. Right. Um, but this is something that people understand. Because you see these people like at the supermarket, right? I mean, oh, you, yeah. you know, you these see are them. neighbors. And, um, and you got people who are like kind of, I'm with her, I'm with him. And so everyone has their secret alliances. And then they're whispering rumors <laughs> about each other that I, I don't print because I'm ethical. But, you know, it's it's like any – Carmel is a – it's a big city. It's also a small town right. at the same time. It's this – you know, you've got – you do know the people in the community and kind of what's going on and, and people talk. But um, I don't know. I, I kind of hope everyone gets along. Here's the interesting thing. Uh, she's only got uh, three years left on her term, and then her position is eliminated because they went to a second-class city status. Right. And when that happens, the clerk treasurer gets turned into a city controller, mm -hmm. and that's appointed by the mayor. There is going to be elected clerk, but the treasurer part won't be there anymore. Right. So, so the power. The power is in the treasurer side. I mean, yeah, the, so, not the clerk side. And there's a debate about what the role of the clerk treasurer is. Um, Ron Carter would say it, he th it's a clerical role. It's a bookkeeping. Um, it helps you know keep all the files in order. But he would argue it's not a financial advisor role. So, Adam, one of the other big issues in Carmel is this debt. And we read about it in the paper. We've read about some of the feuding that we alluded to. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. But let's get into detail on it. How how much is the city of Carmel in debt, and does it really matter? So the last election, they were kind of arguing about the size of the debt. Uh, Rick Sharp estimated about a billion or more. That's um, a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a sizable amount. Brainerd said it's more like $600 million, um, and some of that came to whether you put the uh, interest yeah. in, in with it. Sure. And so either way, I mean, it, it's sizable. Now, now, to put in perspective for our listeners here in Hendricks County, or west side of Indianapolis. Brownsburg, probably somewhere now, not on the counseling list, I don't know exactly, but somewhere in the area of probably 130 to 150 million. So you're looking at maybe four times. What's the population of Brownsburg? Uh, 20, 27,000, 28,000. Okay. So Carmel is more like close to getting close to 80,000. Yeah. So it's around 80,000. They just have special census, so we might find out more accurate figures there. So it's some, my point was what I was trying to say is it's somewhat in line based on per person. Yeah, and Carmel has, um, it's one of the wealthiest cities in the state. So they have the capacity to pay the debt. Right, sure. So that's the question there. I mean, when you look at a lot of the bond rating agencies, um, they don't really care about how much debt you're in. It's can you pay it back? Sure. And Carmel has the ability to pay it back. Uh, they also, you know, have a something they add to a lot of projects called a special benefits tax. Yep. It doesn't actually go into effect unless they need to, but it helps get the interest rate yep. lower because then the bond rating agencies say, hey, worst case, you throw this tax on, you have the income here, you'd be able to pay it, and yeah, it's it a helps great, get the interest rate a little bit lower. Yeah, and so just very high level, not to dwell on that a lot, but what it is, as, as Adam said, is it's an ability that municipalities have. We used it in Brownsburg. Uh, because it's it's a great tool that will save the municipality a lot of money in the long run. You have the ability to level this this special benefits tax that only goes into effect. It's on property tax. Yeah. Only goes into effect if your municipality essentially goes bankrupt and can't pay the. Yeah, it's a it. worst case scenario. Uh, but the question had in the last debate is, could it actually go into effect? And so that's kind of where Sharp and Brainerd Sharp believed it was a lot more likely than Brainerd believed it would be. Uh, do you believe it's likely? You study the stuff. I mean, chance it could happen? I, I really think that the worst 
I mean, if a politician put that special benefits tax into effect, that's kind of like voting yourself out of office, I think. Yeah. I, I think if they were to have that happen, they know the public would have a backlash. So I think they would do everything within their power to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, okay, just a couple other things I want to touch on. Carmel's the roundabout capital of the world. And like here in Brownsville... Well, I think in the United States. Yeah. I don't think it's the well, world. Well, Europe may have. Europe may have uh, have Carmel beat. Certainly by Indiana standards, mm-hmm. Carmel has a lot of them. We're looking in Hendricks County. Avon has quite a few now. Plainfield has some. Brownsburg, there's controversy about building them. Do people in Carmel like the roundabouts? Oh, they love them. Uh, I think they like the fact that they're aesthetically pleasing. You can put, you know, plants and artwork right. in the middle. They put artwork in the middle sometimes. Uh, they, uh, it's it. You know, I like it because I'm not out nine to five a lot. So when I'm stuck at a traffic light at ten at night right. and no one else is around, I'm like, why am I sitting here? Uh, I can just go around with a roundabout. You know, that's that's a, nice. that's a great point. I've never thought of the roundabout in that perspective before, that it does eliminate sitting at a light at 10 at night when you're the only guy there. And as somebody who used to come home from Broad Ripple all the time <laughs> right there, that you just sit there for five minutes. Yeah, I mean, the question that people have about them is some people don't know how to drive in them. I mean, they're, they're good. Do you do you like the roundabouts? Uh, I am a fan of the roundabout because I believe it moves traffic quicker. Uh, I also understand how an elderly person might somewhat struggle with the roundabout. <laughs> but I think in broad terms, I think the tra- ability to control traffic yet move traffic is is much more attainable to a roundabout. And I think that's what most people's opinion are. The question is, is where do we need them? Right. Um, I th- Brainerd loves them, apparently, because he's sticking them at every stoplight now. I think he said once that uh, Main Street and Range Line Road might be the only intersection that will never become a roundabout, <laughs> which is fitting because that's where the first one of the first traffic lights in the country was. Well, that's interesting. But they aren't cheap. Um, they can cost anywhere from 250000 to half a million. You have to... They're a little bit wider, so you have to acquire land. You have to relocate utilities. And then while they're being constructed, you got to close the intersection, which some people don't like because it can affect businesses. Uh, so that's the question there is, they're great. Do you want the cost involved? Brainerd will argue that they make up for themselves because you don't have to pay for the power to power a traffic light. And they reduce fatal accidents, which, you know, you don't have to worry about a jaws of life coming in. So that's that's better for the city. Um, so there's some pros and cons, but I think generally when you're stuck in traffic, I think people would rather be at a roundabout than a traffic light. Yeah, and I think it's sometimes you hear this. Uh, we don't want you don't want it doesn't mean your city wants to be Europe or town wants to be Europe just because you're putting these things in. There are certain places, like you said, Adam, they work better than others. There are some places they don't make sense. I think Carmel actually models itself after Europe a lot. They did. They, you're making the case against me now. Well, no, but here's the thing. In addition to the roundabouts, they're big on this walkable city, yeah. bike paths. And whenever they, they talk about revitalizing a new area, they're always talking about, well, this is what's done in some of these great cities across the world. Mayor Brainerd, again and again, will bring up this point. Um, they'll say, you know, here's a photo of, you know, Aspen. Here's a photo of San Diego. You've got mountains. You've got the beach. Here's Paris, flat. You know, they didn't have mountains. They didn't have beach. They don't have nice weather but they'll be able to create a great city. He argues you can do the same in Carmel by building a great city. So that's why he's using a lot of TIF and private-public partnerships to help kind of build this denser downtown with the city center to kind of basically he thinks you can bring Paris to Indiana. Do you enjoy covering local government? Do you like it? It's fun. It's Uh, tedious, right? You know, I think the interest. 
You've got to make somebody putting a water or sewer line down interesting. I mean, that's your job. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's fun getting connected. The only part, and I'm sure you get this too, is the anonymous people who want to, you know, talk trash about you online who never met you, or mm-hmm. you get the calls or emails and you got to listen because you have to, Yeah. you know, they're your li- readers. You, ha- you have to pay attention to them but sometimes you're like all right can you get to the point and that's where i i, I really <laughs> admire guys like you and i've talked about this before uh the people that have to call it down the middle because me i get to get into the gutter wars people like expect that from me you know that's that's what i do i'm a commentator you stir but, the pot right yeah but guys like you you've got to at least appear neutral so hey tell us where we can read the current where we can read your stuff where we can find out more information because i know you guys are always out there reporting on Carmel. Well, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, it's at Adam Austin, and that's uh, A-D-A-M-A-A-S-E-N. Uh, currentincarmel.com has all our articles online. And if you live in Carmel, you probably get it in your mailbox too. Oh, it comes right to people's mailbox. Oh, yeah. That's, that's nice. That's great. That's actually what most people tell me. They don't comment on the articles. They say, hey, I don't get the current. Where can I get that? So <laughs> well, I have to answer those nice questions. That's nice you put it in the mailbox because the flyer, <laughs> i got to walk down the driveway and pick that thing up. So it's nice you put it in the mailbox. Anyway, hey, don't forget if you miss any part of today's conversation or yesterday's. We were talking about Carmel yesterday, too, with Adam. You can check out a podcast anytime you want. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search Central Indiana today. You can download the show right to your smartphone or tablet. Go back and listen anytime you want, totally free of charge. As always, the podcast presents by McDonald's. Until next time, I'm Rob Kendall saying have yourself a great evening. You've been listening to the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today on 98.9 WYRZ. Made possible by the Kevin Kersey Agency, 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg. An archive of today's program can be heard at our website, wyrz.org. Tune in next time for another edition of the Kevin Kersey Agency presents Central Indiana Today with your host, Rob Kendall. This podcast of Central Indiana Today is brought to you by Figment 2 McDonald's. Stop by any of their stores in Avon, Brownsburg, Danville Speedway, and 10th Street next to Ben Davis High School for great specials, including the two for $2.50 and two for $5. They also have all-day breakfast items, which now include biscuits and McGriddles. And coming soon to the Danville location, Wednesdays will be family night. Figment 2 McDonald's is a proud supporter of Central Indiana Today and WYRZ 98.9. Hello, this is Kevin Kersey. Since 1968, our family has been helping customers with their insurance needs. We provide insurance coverage for life, home, auto, and recreational vehicles. We are located at 701 North Green Street in Brownsburg, and our phone number is 317-286-3481. The Kevin Kersey Agency can also be found on Facebook at The Kevin Kersey Agency or at our website, www.farmersagent.com forward slash kkersey. The Kevin Kersey Agency is a proud member of the Farmers Insurance Group. The UPS Store Brownsburg is located at 124 East Northfield Drive in Brownsburg. Their phone number is 858-1422. The UPS Store Brownsburg can handle your printing needs, including color, large format, and business cards. They also do blueprints, mailers, and invitations. Thanks to owner Tom Reese and all the folks at the UPS Store Brownsburg for supporting community radio in Hendricks County. This is Donald James of Impact Youth Mentoring. Impact Youth is a not-for-profit mentoring organization providing mentoring services to the children of Hendricks County. We pair mentors ages 16 and older with youth in Hendricks County. Over the past five years, we have been able to impact over 120 children through our mentoring and tutoring programs. Information about becoming a mentor or finding a mentor for a child 
can be found at impactyouthmentoring.org or via email at impactyouth1010 at gmail.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is located at 505 North Green Street in Brownsburg. Dr. Will Hine practices general and cosmetic dentistry with services ranging from veneers and whitening to implants and complete smile restorations. Indiana Family Dentistry's phone number is 852-5999 and website is infamilydentistry.com. Indiana Family Dentistry is a proud supporter of Hendricks County and Community Radio.